Welcome, friends. You press play, and here we are. Yep. Oh my gosh. Why is that Also, Steve just globbed sparkling water right before we started, so. Ugh. No problem. No problem. But hey, at least you know what you're getting with us. Some banter, some stories. Never any ads. Yes, that is true. That might set us apart from other podcasts you listen to. Tell your friends. We are Red Weather Christians. I'm Steve. I'm Jen. And we're expats living in Spain. Trying to restore faith and humanity one story at a time. On this season of Red Weather Christians, we'll be highlighting the feel-good stories that make us smile. Remind us of the good in humanity. We hope that as you listen, you become more mindful of the good, and that if you don't see it, you do it, or you be it. Wow, we're getting good at that intro. I'll tell you what. Practice makes perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, we practice so much. Hey, we're starting today with a story that Steve will tell about a guy and a backpack. Take it away, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to edit out the part where you tell them what we're going to start with? Just tell the story. <laughs> so we go to the store grocery shopping usually once a week. It's exciting. It's exciting lives uh, we lead here, So I'm yes. glad you're still tuning in. Uh, at this particular Lidl... I think I like this little life. In this case, we were just getting a cart. I was getting the cart because we were going to get groceries. And in front of me was a cart... With a backpack on it. Oh my gosh, I am on the edge of my seat, Steve, with this story. Please go on. It wasn't my backpack. <gasps> Whose backpack was it? I don't know. Someone left it there. But as I'm going to get this cart for us, someone else had noticed the backpack too. This random guy. This stranger of sorts. What did he do, Steve? Well, it wasn't his backpack either. What? He grabs that backpack and heads back to his car. And I go, huh, that's weird. But that was to tell his wife or partner, whoever was in the car, like, hey, I just found this backpack. I got to go take it in and give it to somebody so that whoever lost it can find it. And that's how my day at Lidl started that time. Oh, it's so heartwarming. It's like what you hope for, you know, like when you forget something, you hope for that kind hearted person to find it, pick it up, turn it in. And then you go back to the store and they're like, here's your backpack. Someone brought it in for you. And the thing is. I was getting a cart anyway. I could have taken that backpack in or I could have even said, hey, you don't have to take that in. I can take it. I can't. I just couldn't use the language quickly enough. Aww. So that wasn't going to happen. But Sad I was day. still impressed that he went out of his way. I mean, this backpack was otherwise just going to sit there. Right. And they might have come back for it at the cart. True. And that might have been the thinking, too, of someone like, well, I better just leave it where somebody left it so that they'll know where to go. But at the end of the day... It's better if you take it into the store because then it's it's more protected, right? Presu anyway. Presumably. Steve comes into the store. I'm already in the store. He's like, Jen, I got to tell you what just happened. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Picking out some apples or whatever. <laughs> tell me about it, Steve. It was as riveting then as it is <laughs> now. I was like, then what happened? Oh, my gosh. Listen. We are trying to highlight the feel-good stories, and that was a feel-good story, so we're highlighting it. Made me feel good. Yeah, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, this comes back to a quote we've probably already shared, but that I would have up in my classroom by Cindy Smith. It is the greatest of all mistakes to do nothing because you can only do little. 
do something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking that we were at a Lidl and that that is now the quote, right? Like it is. To do nothing because it, it, you can only do Lidl. It is the greatest of all mistakes <laughs> to do nothing because you can only do Lidl. Do something. And some people do pronounce that little. Lidl. Anyway, think about that. He was just doing a very small thing. Yeah, but Steve saw it. And it was, he wasn't doing it so that I saw it or so someone else saw it. He was doing something rather than nothing. Yeah, and we like that. We like that. And, of course, people out there, cynics out there, be like, Yeah, do something bad! <laughs> okay, no, not not that. I you, wish you could see Steve's facial expression. You, you, he did something, and that something was a good thing, or at least an attempt to do a good thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons we're doing this season is... We want to highlight these stories instead of focusing on negative things. I was just reading my, you know, my favorite blog, The Marginalian. Boy, it gets a lot of references and shout outs on this on this podcast. Anyway, and she talks about how it's not enough to resist cynicism. You need to fight it actively. And while I don't love the verb fight, I do love the word actively the adverb, if you will, it's active to get away from that cynicism because the cynicism is, I don't know, it feels like it's a default in human nature. I don't like it. Ick. It's like our inertial reference frame is cynicism. Inertial reference frame? Is that what you said? It is. Inertial? Like inertia? Yes. Oh, Okay. That's how you reference where you are. Like our current inertial reference frame is on the earth, which is spinning at thousands of meters per second. Oh, okay. Could you have used the word initial? Not initial. Oh, no, no, no. Inertial. Okay, okay. Just just clarify. <laughs> it's like your, it's your resting position or the position that you're currently in. Yeah. Is your inertial position, your reference. Yeah. I mean, even though I don't like fighting, I would say, yeah, fight cynicism. Do that. Do that. Get out of your inertial reference frame. Fight it! <laughs> it takes some acceleration to do so. Okay. Just spewing some Good. physics More there. More physics terms, please. <laughs> so something that we are not close with at all, but we have some friends who are, is foster parenting. Yeah, this is something where we... I think more often than not, we see the negative stories of foster parenting coming through and like the foster care system, I should say, and how corrupt it is and blah, 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 and how awful it is. And while there are issues with it, as there are with most anything, we choose to look at the good that it's doing. And we know some friends who are in the foster system who take in foster kids and they are good. Right, and there's even a stigma to being a foster kid. Like, you don't necessarily want to tell friends at school, like, yeah, I have, those are my foster parents picking me up. That's hard. Like, those aren't your real parents. But the people who are there, those foster parents are a good thing in that person's life. And we want to support that. We want to encourage good people in people's lives. Yes, good people doing the things that need to be done because there are bad people in the foster care system and there are the people who maybe do it for the money as far as taking in foster kids. We're not talking about them. We're talking about the people who are in it 
who are trying to make a difference, who are making a difference, and who are having a positive influence on kids' lives. You know who you are. Nicole, if you're listening, you and Sam, it's you. And for what it's worth, Emily Nowakowski, I see her updates on fostering as well. There you go. But think about how little that could be, that little bit of time you might foster. And this is why we're talking about that quote in this context. You might only have that kid for a couple months. And it's so easy, I think, in this particular situation to say to yourself, like, well, it's just not, it's not worth it. It's so much work, emotional and otherwise, and we don't even get to end up having a long-term relationship with this child. Oh my gosh, I, I respect people who do this so much. The other fun story that we had was flying. Ooh, flying. Who doesn't want to fly? Is that like every kid's dream? <laughs> and it's... it wasn't. <laughs> speaking of kids, this was what our kid did while flying. No, I think of Dwight in, in the office in his second life. It's like exactly the same life. Works at a paper company, assistant to the regional manager, but he can fly. It's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, our kid was flying and he forgot his water bottle. Flying in a plane, an airplane. I thought that goes without saying. I mean, we were talking about flying like as a dream, you know. Flying in the air, being the ability to fly. Ridiculous. You have three wishes. He left his water bottle on the airplane. Now, he has forgotten things from time to time in his life, so this was not a terrible surprise to us. No. But it was a disappointment nonetheless. Because stickers on the water bottle and other things, we might have already mentioned that he lost one in Miami. Ugh. Same problem. Yeah, I lost mine too. Not lost. They, they took it away from us. <laughs> you know, anyway. sometimes you forget that when you when you are internationally traveling, at least I, I forget you have to go through security all over again. Like I'd had a little bit of water left over in my water bottle from my flight. I forgot to glug it down or empty it when we went through again and... There was enough water in it, in mine and in Asher's, that they they confiscated our water bottles, never to be seen again. Again, not that story. Different story. Sorry. Different water bottle. <laughs> he is going through the throes of grief, anxiety, depression at losing this water bottle and feeling terrible about being worthless and can't keep track of his things. And we're trying to just be like, hey, man, learn from this. It's just a water bottle. I know, we'll I know. It's like we don't need you to go into the full throes of like, I am a worthless human being, which, ugh, you know. Listen, I, I get it. I'm also a very dramatic and emotional person, so I empathize with my son. But we wanted him to, you know, like, okay, oops, I made a mistake, but I'm not going to let that affect my whole entire being. And so you think, where could this possibly go? This is supposed to be a good story. Right. And and the thing is, like, we've had experience with these kinds of things before, and it's like, say goodbye to the water bottle. It's gone. It's gone. You're never going to see it again. And move on. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. So we were trying to... Calm him down. And get him towards that progression of move on with life. Yeah. So now we're just waiting for our luggage on the conveyor belt. And boop, what comes out? Lo and behold... There it is! The, the water bottle! And look, the flight attendants or whoever was cleaning the plane were probably just doing their jobs. Yes, but I don't I don't remember this ever happening any anywhere in the States. And the thing is, you don't remember it happening because we're not looking for it. I'm not looking for water bottles coming out of the chute. I know, but I remember going on class trips and 
Some of my classmates brought their spring break reading book or whatever that they had to do for school and they left it on the seat pocket in front of them and they never got it back. I do remember that. So, for what it's worth. He got his water bottle back. Yes, it's very exciting. Couple that with same trip. We had returned our rental car and he had left his like extra, our old, one of our old phones extra on the oh, yeah, because center he was, console. He was, he, trying was to... le- he was reading a, or listening to an audiobook or something and we had downloaded it onto that phone so he could listen to it on the flight and he leaves it in the rental car. But we contact the rental car company who, again, they probably do this as part of their jobs. I don't know. Again, I hear stories of people leaving stuff in rental cars and they're just gone. They're done. Never get it back. Anyway, we contact the rental car company. We're like, hey, we'll come pick it up. We'll be back in a couple days. Yeah. They're like, okay, yeah, it'll be here for you. Yeah. So I go up to the rental place after we get back to uh, Valencia and there it is in their little office. So that was two good things, one trip, both forgotten, and returned. Yes, but humans had to do those good things. And that's what we want to focus on, is that some human had to take that water bottle and put it with the luggage that they knew was going on the conveyor belt. They could have just thrown it away like it was trash. Some (laughs) human, I mean, took that yellow phone out of the car, could have thrown it away like it was trash. You know, they go through the rental cars and they clean them and everything. They didn't need to set it aside. It wasn't like it was a valuable phone or anything. Not terribly. Anyway, good humans doing good things. We want to be more mindful of seeing humans do good things. And now, Steve, with some psychology for us. Why is there always this... (laughs) I like to do intros. Prelude of prologue or... Just go ahead. Up next, (laughs) we're going to talk about frequency illusion. Well, we started talking about this because Steve and I were like, what's the term for when, you know, like when you're trying to get pregnant and you see pregnant people everywhere or you are pregnant and you see pregnant people everywhere. That was what I thought. Side note, side note. We are not trying to get pregnant. No, 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 We do not see lots of pregnant people right now. No, no. I don't see any (laughs) anywhere. I don't know why she brought up that experience. Well, that's that's the most common one. (laughs) That's the most common one. Uh, Steve wasn't talking about pregnancy. What my, were you talking mine about? Mine was before we bought our Jeep Patriot. Oh, an boring. Obs- <laughs> an obscure car brand model that we hadn't ever seen before. This was like a decade ago or something? Yes, over a decade ago. We had never seen it. Then we bought it and then we see it everywhere. Beep, 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 beep. Everyone's got Jeep Patriots. Oh, Not the same really. thing happened when we bought our car here in Spain, too. Yes. We, it's we like, now oh, see- they have it. Oh, they oh, have it. Oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, the term originally started as Bader-Meinhof effect because that's what some guy who wrote to the St. Louis press, not St. Louis, some guy wrote to the St. Paul press. Get your facts right, Steve. Dang it. You can look it up. Anyway, it doesn't make as good a sense saying Bader-Meinhof because that's like some German terrorist group. So we're like, ah, we'll just go with what the Stanford paper kind of called it, which is frequency illusion, where you're honed in on finding or seeing something. And then you actually do see that thing. So, guess what? Oh, here we go. About to come full circle. If you look for the good, you'll see it. If you look for bad, you'll probably see that too. But we're going to give you a slew of stories that we've already given you some. Not stories, just scenes, if you will. Scenes. Stories, scenes, episodes. Uh, Snapshots. Snapshots. Vignettes. Vignettes. (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) These 
likely occurred in greater frequency to us because we had yet to record this episode. So we were still looking for these things and thinking about these things. Uh, no, I don't think it was because of this episode. I think it was just because we uh, are being better about this in life, in general, about looking for these things. I think since we've just started this season of Red Weather Christians. Sure, it could be this season, but still, we had yet to record this episode. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. It's been a little while. <laughs> Oh, but it's good that we are, right? Good. Look for the good. good. It's finally happening. Yeah, focus on that. So, we already told you about this guy in a backpack. Good. Well, we also... Oh, okay, so I was at the store. <laughs> this is mine, Steve. Let me have this one. I was at the grocery store by myself, and I just happened to be walking down an aisle, and this guy in a motorized, like, it wasn't a wheelchair. It was a motorized... Cart? Cart? Sitting, you know, like the seated kind. Okay, anyway. <laughs> He, out of all the people in the aisle, which there were a few, he decides to ask me for help. Speaking in Spanish, which is fine. And I was able to help him reach the strawberry yogurt that was at the very top shelf that he definitely had no chance in reaching. Uh, So that's one little thing. Well, another time we were walking in the city and we were walking, I don't know, maybe 10 meters behind this girl. And she dropped her coat and we we're like, or sweater. And we we're like, oh, we, we should tell her. How yeah, to but it, it, would, it would have been a little awkward because we were not really very close. It would have been like Steve and I talked about like, well, I was about to run and he was about to run too. But it would have been a little awkward because we would have had to like jog up to grab it and then jog over to her. But we're not afraid of being awkward. Well, we're do, already plenty awkward. So that's to fine. do something good. Yeah. Of course, the awkward thing really would have been the Spanish that came out of my mouth when I handed her whatever it is you call a sweater in Spanish. I don't know. Oh, no. I would have just said camisa or something. I mean, sweater, I think, would have sufficed. No, like ticket. Oh, my gosh. So often I try to think of the real word that it's supposed to be, and they just use some... They use both those words here. Anyway... But some guy was there sitting at a cafe because the cafes are literally all over the place. He saw it happen. He stood up. He was right there. He picked up the sweater. He probably said something like, disculpa, or I don't know. We couldn't hear. We weren't that close. But sweater was returned. Yeah, just a nice thing. Like, a nice oh, thing. someone dropped this. Nice you should thing. pick this up and give Yay. it to them. And speaking of ticket, we were also at Ikea. <laughs> And here I am cutting through like the cafe part where this other guy is going around with his cart of food. And I see his receipt blow off his cart. Nobody else sees it. I'm like, I am not anywhere in a convenient place to let him know because I'm like in the middle of tables. Well, I keep walking and then he's coming around and like our paths kind of cross. And so I, I tell him in Spanish, I'm like, hey, you dropped your... Or the ticket dropped. I think I said, um, tu ticket se cayó or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> it's a blur. And yes, they do use ticket here for like receipt. That's what they call them like at a store. It's even in writing. Like when I go to the gas station and I want the receipt. So we're not just. Ticket. We're not just speaking Spanglish here. I mean, maybe it is Spanglish, but it's what they use. So, And because I was also wrestling like. Does he even want it? Does he even care? Like, ah, uh, should I say anything? If I do, I have to speak in Spanish. And anyway, I did. And he was like, oh, gracias. And he picked it up and it was great. So. Yeah, that was, that was great. That wasn't even good. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess. Another time we were walking through the mall and this 
older gentleman. I we just hear this like <laughs> you, you knew that the sound was like a coin just spewing oh everywhere. I thought like someone dropped a piggy bank and it's just <laughs> coins. No, it was just like maybe six coins or something, but it made kind of a ruckus. And I what I mean, one of them was kind of like two feet away from me, so I bent over and picked it up and I didn't even have to use any words and just handed it to him and he was very grateful. But okay, the thing about all these snapshots, if you will. Vignettes. Whatever you want to call them. Stories. I'm, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I picked up a coin. Oh, go me. I told the guy about his receipt. Yay me. Yogurt. I helped him with the strawberry yogurt. Woohoo. No, it's just because I was out, these things were presented to me as opportunities. And so the point kind of is to kind of just get out there opportunities will present themselves for you to help others and feels good to help do it. Right. Right. And if you're fearful of going out you're thinking, Oh, but think of all the bad things that could befall me if I leave the house or my insulated environment. Yes. Bad things could also happen. We're not naive to that, but if you continue to insulate yourself and isolate yourself, you will get neither good nor bad. And if you watch the news, you're going to hear mostly bad. Yeah, that's true. Watch the news, scroll through social media. Unless you have curated your My social media feed to only show yeah. you the good things. Yeah, no, I, I do. I follow the accounts like Upworthy and like Good News Movement. These things. This is what I like. It's it, it's the typical stuff where it's like, oh, this grandmother is reunited with her granddaughter after like 10 years of being apart. And this is a surprise, you know, airport reunions. Ugh, I cry every time. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's not actually joking there either. She will have tears. And I'm like, what is going on? It's, oh, it's a beautiful story. The, the last one I saw is like. The man is pretending to take a picture of his wife sitting across from him at the table. But in the meantime, like her like daughter and grandkids are like walking up behind her and they're actually in the picture. And so then the guy turns his phone around to show her the picture and she sees them in the background of her picture. And then she turns around and they're there. <laughs> okay. I love it. But that, that point that Jen is trying to make is go out. And see the good in the world. Or maybe the point I'm trying to make is curate your feed so more good things come through. No. Get off social media. (laughs) Of course. Of course. (laughs) Go live your life. (laughs) So we want to reiterate in this season, but on this particular episode, that there are really good stories out there if you look for them. Yes. And I think another point we should perhaps make is that when you act like people around you are gonna do the bad thing, then it's almost like I feel self-fulfilling prophecy. If you act like the people around you are going to do the good thing, the right thing, perhaps self-fulfilling prophecy, but in a good way. I noticed this, well, we noticed this yesterday. Yesterday we were in the city, we were at a coffee shop inside. Surprise! Yeah, I know. (laughs) Is what I do. And this girl wanted to go up and order like a muffin or something. And she left her table, her devices on there, both of her device, like her phone, her touchscreen, whatever thing, and her purse, just like all at the table. And she just gets up and leaves it all there. And I'm just thinking, (gasps) 
oh my gosh. But then I was like, oh my, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. It is beautiful to feel that safe as well. Because that's not everybody's situation. And we recognize that, not trying to just put it out there and say, oh, imagine everyone's great. And then they take your stuff. Right, right. (laughs) That's that's not what we're trying to say. (laughs) Just leave like $100 bills on the table. (laughs) No one will take it. It's fine. But then it's, it's nice to live in a world like that. So imagine you do. I don't know. This is such a weird thing for me because I think even just 10 years ago, I was in such a different place in my mindset towards this. I remember teaching the book Lord of the Flies. And you know the book Lord of the Flies, William Golding, his message is clear. Spoiler alert! That humanity is evil. At the core, it is rotten. Okay? That is the message. If you missed it, there you go. And I remember teaching the book kind of believing that. Like, yeah, I mean, at the core, humans are evil. But if you think about it, we grew up in the Christian church, and that's kind of taught to us that you are born into sin, the whole concept of original sin. And so only in the last few years has my mindset changed on that to think humans don't have to be by default evil. I don't think that's the case anymore. Now, if I'm still consistent with Christian beliefs, we might be separated from God in this life. That I'm on board with. But I don't have to believe that everyone is, at their core, an evil human being. That is super depressing. Because even if Jesus is here to save me after I die, I have to live with a bunch of evil human beings and trust that my family actually loves me? Oh, come on. Oh, that doesn't sound like a good way to live. I'm going to believe in the good. And that God created evil human beings and they're evil until they like say the sinner's prayer. (laughs) What? Sinner's prayer saves you, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Totally saves you. Yeah. Dear Jesus, please enter my heart and (laughs) and we're good to go. No, I'm not evil anymore. No, you're still a sinner, but by grace you're saved, right? I think what changed for me was the belief that when Jesus came, it wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna save you, gonna, I I will, like kind of future subjunctive, if you do these things. It was more of, hey, I came, it's done. It is finished. finished. Like the grace, it's here, you have it. You don't have to get down on your knees and walk through the Romans road saying the sinner's prayer. Go And be free to be good. Yeah. Go be good. Yeah. That was a huge... Go love the world. Yeah. Love people. Love people. But, I mean, just think about psychologically, if you live a life believing that humans are ultimately at their core evil, or if you live a life believing that humans at their core are good, which life might be better? Which life might make you feel better? I think we should mention the Avid Brothers song at this point. Well, let's do it. Okay, Steve, did you just give your own prelude there? Because you were just making fun of me a lot about it. I, I did, but okay, here I, we, go. we need to get to this song. Okay, we had to actually pause the recording and go get the lyrics because we have them printed out. Yes, we play this yeah. regularly on yeah. the piano and guitar. It's called Head Full of Doubt by the Avid Brothers, and there's a lot to it. I like the part where it says... And your life doesn't change by the man that's selected. 
If you're loved by someone, you're never rejected. Decide what to be and go be it. Build up on C to go into the chorus. Okay, that part, <laughs> it's just telling you how to play it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Decide what to be and go be it. Gosh darn it. We're saying decide to be good. Yeah. Do that. It's going to be better for you guys. Well, Jen, what was your favorite I part? love the lines. And there was a kid with a head full of doubt. So I'll scream till I die and the last of those bad thoughts are finally out. Oh, that's so good. Because I, I think the kid with a head full of doubt, again, it's that mindset where it's like you can, you can change that. You can get those bad thoughts out. You don't have to live like that. You might need someone else to help you. Right. We are not trauma experts. So if that's you, go talk to someone. Therapy is a good thing, people. It's good. We talk about good things. Yeah. Well, I mean, the lyrics, it says there was a kid. And then it says, so I'll scream till I die. And the last of those bad thoughts are finally out. So I don't know if like the I, the first person is talking to the kid or the I is the same person as the kid with the head full of doubt. I'm guessing it's probably the same person. And they've decided like, I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm not going to think like I did when I was a kid anymore. I, (laughs) well, I mean, there is an element of like growing up to it. Like here I am. I doubted that I could make it here. I was full of doubt. Here I am. I'm an adult. I need to scream at that myself. Get rid of those ideas that you have of self-doubt and self-loathing even. Yeah, I'm reading this book right now called The Artist's Way, and it's so good. And she talks about resistance to your creativity and and how there are these enemies through your life who have said little things here and there that you just latch onto and you can't let go. And she asks you as the reader, like, think about those enemies. Who were they in your life? And it might be the teacher who said like, oh, well, you'll never be a writer, you know, those kinds of things. But it's like, wow, we really latch on to some of the things that have happened in our childhood or the things that have been said to us as a child or even things that were said to us by our parents as a child. And we need to shake those out of our heads. Yep. All that to say. <laughs> looping it back. We got off track, but I think it was a great off track. Off-roading. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to laugh either way. It didn't matter. Oh my gosh. It's just like a constant state of Steve making fun of Jen over here. All right, Steve, I think we're ready for our conclusion and call to oh action. My God. So we are Red Weather Christians. I'm Steve. And I'm Jen. And remember, cheer the good. Don't boo the bad. Should I play the guitar? Oh, oh. When nothing is so deserved or expected.